0: Podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this This unomics podcast. Yo, what's going on, people? Welcome back to another episode of this podcast. I hope you've had a great weekend and week so far. The last podcast, very, very, very important one. I went into the world of Terra Luna, the crypto world of how this particular cryptocurrency literally finished people. Some people had millions, lost millions, lost thousands, lost hundreds of thousands. So, what is Terra Luna? Why it seemed like a good idea to many? What the hell happened to it? Why did it crash? And what's happening next? So make sure you check And also the impact on other cryptocurrencies So make sure you check out that episode This week I'm joined by Long time fave and, f- and friend and family Of the Dishnomics podcast My boy Mr. macrodesia David Bell And it was mainly to speak about, about the markets obviously we've seen a six week Slide in equity markets right? That's just like stocks and shares and shit But It kind of just turned into like an interest rate podcast Like, and how interest rates have impacted investing in stocks and shares and how people have changed their perspective on that. Inflation, unemployment, cryptocurrencies, even the war in Ukraine. Like, so yeah, this week's episode, we are talking about interest rules, everything around me. (laughs) Like, remember, I'm not sure many people have heard of cream cash rules, everything around me. That's a little hip-hop reference, but... If you don't know, you need to get your, you need to get your hip-hop game up. But yeah, that's the theme for this week's podcast, interest rates. How that's impacted investing in crypto, in stocks, in inflation, all that stuff with David Bell coming to you right now, dog. Guys, we've seen so many people make ridiculous money from crypto. Some of them are friends. They're not bringing me in. I'm not happy about that. But did you know it's also easy for you to do the same? The copy my crypto membership site shows you the coins that YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy him. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or to invest. You simply just do what he does. Kind of like my little brothers. They just copy me. Everything I wear, they copy. All the music I listen to, they copy. Now they're seen as the cool kids. It's a scam. So let me tell you more about James. He runs the Crypto of James YouTube channel, which despite heavy censorship has over 17,000 subs, and over a million views. Since March 2020, he has told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put 100 bucks into each one, you will now be worth over $66,000. I don't know why James didn't hit me up himself. <laughs> of the 26 coins, his pick of the year, a coin called Phantom, is currently up over 440 times for when he said. 440 times. Bloody hell. That one call alone has retired a couple people, including people in their 20s and 30s. Remember, this is public knowledge. You can go on YouTube and verify this yourself. So don't think that this is a big scam. You go check. Um, so if you'd like to join the 1,300 members who copy James, then what you need to do is to stop what you're doing and head over instantly to CopyMyCrypto. That's copymycrypto.com. So the fact that you listen to Dishnomics, you know how to support this, That's D-I-S-U. You'll not only find proof of everything i said but my listeners get full access for just a dollar she's like what 75p if you are listen in the uk easy peasy you won't find this anywhere else you'll find this offer anywhere else but you need to move quick because this offer ends soon and you can't come and dm me on instagram or twitter oh my god this offer's gone so that's copymycrypto.com forward slash d-i-s-u so that's copymycrypto.com forward slash d-i-s-u don't take this offer lightly He's a real deal. Go visit the site right now ASAP.
1: Hiya, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's lit. It's
0: it's Yo, what's going on people? You're welcome back to another episode and my favourite guest, you must be the most, you must have the most appearances like, it's like the basketball, you have the most all-star appearances on the Dysonomics oh, podcast. I'm joined by Mr. Macrodisiac, my guy David Bell. How are you doing today, bro? I'm all good, man. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. So it's been a quite interesting couple of weeks. Well, several weeks, but especially recently. um, And we're talking in the equities market. We're talking global stocks. And yeah, like I was just on the FT as you do. And then I get this story. Global stocks record longest weekly losing streak since the 2008 crisis. So it was a sixth straight week of decline in FTSE All World Index. And people think that this reflects the fear of inflation followed by recession. We have um, the SP 500 index falling. We have NASDAQ falling. And obviously, we've seen crypto stuff going going absolutely crazy so maybe we could talk a bit about that but yeah so like I remember having a conversation with um a gentleman you follow as well um Dr Leroy and he was like do you know what he doesn't even invest his money he just thinks cash is king he's just keeping his money but yeah it's a very interesting time so I would like to hear your thoughts so what have we been experiencing in the last few weeks is it a big deal and why have we been experiencing these things
1: well, to put it um, <clears throat> simply, um, interest rates uh, inc- well interest rates and asset prices are negatively correlated. Right, so if interest rates are going up, um, uh, asset prices, specifically high beta, which is kind of the more more volatile. Uh,
0: Hello obviously can you still hear me yeah so repeat that last bit sorry it went um
1: oh sorry so high beta asset classes are even more negatively correlated to uh interest rates so if interest rates are going up so we say
0: hard over hard beta what does that mean
1: So high beta is basically assets with a higher volatility. Mm -hmm. Um, You might see really rapid increases in the prices, but at the same time, you're going to see them very, very sensitive to changes in market regimes or market uh, conditions, um, specifically around interest rates. So growth stocks, for example. Um, Growth stocks are basically judged on the extent to which you know their potential exists in the future and their potential in the future has uh is basically bigger when interest rates are lower so if interest rates are lower um, you know, the prices do can increase, which we've seen over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Once interest rates start increasing, their potential basically decreases because their future cash flows are discounted more. Um, so their multiples, their price to price to earnings multiples basically contracts, right? And then you see the stock price absolutely shit the bed. Um, so that's basically what's happening. And all of this is happening, um, interest rates going up, that is, because of this inflation monster that we've seen um so the inflation side of things comes through all of the fiscal transfers we've seen so in the us we've had stimulus checks in the uk we've had people not going to work and going on to furlough um we've seen you know lots of uh, grants being given out to businesses you know what what was it the 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 Bounce bounce back loans that kind of thing so all of this contributes to an environment where really in the conditions that we had we probably should have seen you know a massive massive recession but because governments and central banks you know helped to sustain demand now that things have normalized we're seeing it kind of really really extend higher um and so this is where the inflation's come from. Obviously, there's a the supply chain issues as well because, you know, China's uh, still in lockdown, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Shanghai, Beijing, you know, China is basically the, the factory of the world, right? Um, and, you know, if there's less goods being able to be transported, the price of the goods that can be transported are going to be higher. Um, so that's also where we're seeing inflation. And probably more predominantly, that's where we're seeing uh, inflation, to be honest, you know. It's a massive, massive um, issue when Chinese supply chains are are hit. Um, So that's pretty much a 360-degree overview. Um, Now, at the the same time, we're we're seeing, you know, uh, wages are increasing, probably not in real terms, but they are uh, increasing. And this contributes to a wage price spiral as well. So that pushes inflation higher. Um, Labour markets are very, very tight. Um, and one of the ways in which central banks are probably looking at getting inflation down is actually creating more unemployment um, by loosening up those those labor markets. So, you know, the, the situation that we're in is that we are going to head for a recession. Um, you know, some people are pricing it like 35, 40 percent that we're going to be in the recession. I think by the end of this year we'll be in recession pretty, pretty easily. Um, you know, the USA printed a negative q1 gdp growth figure so if they if they have another negative print then then they're in a, recession. a technical recession right um so yeah i think that's where we're headed and it's going to be a pretty stagflationary environment and that's when um real growth is negative so inflation is higher than nominal gdp growth
0: okay so so, so some things like the audience may not be as aware of so like talk to me about what um, recession is in the simplest terms and also stagflation?
1: So recession is uh, a technical recession is when you have two negative quarters of GDP growth um, and you know uh, a full-blown recession like we saw in 2008 is when you see you know, a continued sort of decline in uh, employment numbers, and we see the, c- the continue decline in growth numbers, um, you know, consumer confidence, business confidence, that kind of thing. Um, so, it's more of a prolonged thing, whereas, you know, a technical recession is more sort of just so there's an objective definition. Um, stagflation, as I said, is, is when uh, inflation is uh, greater than real GDP, uh, sorry, nominal GDP growth. So, the real um the, the real uh g d. p. number is negative um so that's kind of when you start to get to a stagflationary environment um which isn't good you know you've got prices increasing at a greater percent than than uh the g d p. growth
0: okay so that's so listeners are thinking raw like. This is kind of doom and gloom, and it kind of seems to be that way. Obviously, um, recent weeks. Obviously, I haven't spoken to you for a minute, so obviously, we saw the Bank of England come out in recent weeks and warned of that we're heading towards recession. They've also cited that they believe inflation, the percentage of inflation, could hit double, double, um, double digits, so ten percent, and they've also um, they also rose the rate of interest. So what I want to ask you a question about so is that, so, do you, what do you think the central bank should do? So, they've increased inflation to 1%, um, which has been the highest for a long period of time. Um, I remember reading a few weeks ago that Chancellor Rishi Sunak believes that the Bank of England could um, raise inflation to 2.5% at some point this year. So, what's your thoughts on what they should do and and also give me your thoughts on what they actually did and how it impacts the economy and of course um the equity markets which people I know listen to podcasts want to invest in or are currently invested in.
1: So there's a couple of uh, different things there. Um, but with regards to the two and a half percent number, we're you talking about interest rates or inflation? Oh interest rate. Okay, right, okay, got you that's my thought, but I just want to clear that up. So um see, I'm I'm of the opinion that <clears throat> central banks uh policy is focused on the wrong thing so they focus on you know price stability a certain inflation metric in the uk is two percent plus or minus one percent and so between one and three percent is basically their target for annual inflation right yeah my thinking is that they should uh they should have inflation as maybe a second or third priority and what they should be doing is targeting nominal gdp um, and the reasons why I say this is that inflation is, can be quite an arbitrary number. Um, you know, there's there's many criticisms of the CPI basket, so the consumer price index basket, which inflation is based off of. Um, but at the end of the day, what really matters is whether the economy is growing well. You know, you can have you can have a CPI of of two percent, but you know, you can have a growth rate of one point nine percent. You know. It, i think that matters much much more or you can have you know a growth rate of 10 percent and inflation at eight percent what would you rather do you see what i mean so um I, I think the minimal gdp target in way is probably better and you know the 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 fed recently the u.s federal reserve They've kind of moved to a, a system like this, where they've introduced uh, average inflation targeting. So they take a longer term view on inflation, and they don't mind if over if inflation overshoots their target of two percent. They don't look at um, they don't look at plus or minus one percent like the UK. Mm. They're still quite similar to the UKs in that respect. Um, So I think, you know, they they are edging towards it without explicitly doing it. Um, But I think it's kind of the the smartest way to do it, because at the end of the day, if people's incomes um, and incomes, wealth and general, you know, uh, standard of living is increasing, then I think that is the primary thing to aim for, not some arbitrary, you know, two percent inflation figure. because at the end of the day we're we're unlikely to get a situation like we are now um where inflation is you know massively massively overshooting if the government didn't if global governments didn't respond in the way they have to this pandemic, then we wouldn't be at this uh in this situation right if you think about it now, you know yes, we've had vaccines and all of that kind of thing, but um you know covid's still out there.
0: Yeah, it's, not
1: like it's, you know, it's not like it's any less dangerous or any, less, uh, or any sort of less potential to mutate and all of these kind of things. There's recently something that came out that said that there's new variants and they probably um, aren't effective. Uh, the vaccine probably isn't effective against them. So, you know, are we going to be in this endless cycle of locking down and thinking, I don't think so, because there's no appetite for it. So, you know... <laughs> I feel like if we were to have targeted NGDP, we wouldn't be necessarily in this mess.
0: Yeah, we are in a bit of a mess right now. So obviously, I want to talk about like uh, the investment perspective from this. Obviously, you're, macro, you're Mr. Macrodisiac, You obviously have a newsletter. You trade. like this is this is your this is your bread and bread and breakfast. Is that the correct yeah. term? Is it? No, is no. This is no, your bed and of butter. butter. Sorry, I, I mixed bed and and bed of butter for some butter. You know what I mean. Not very British right now. Um, but but um, yeah, so I ha- I've had like lots of questions over the over the weeks. But when I asked for questions, just nobody responded. But one thing is that one question is this: with high inflation, and obviously we're seeing the FTSE, the S and P, Nasdaq, even crypto, which I'll talk to a bit about later, like having um, downturns right now. And we're in this high inflation, and interest are creeping up. What's your is it is it a bad time to invest, or is there still opportunities for people to invest? What do you think? Um, look,
1: I mean, uh, with interest rates going up and the markets so sensitive to interest rates, I, I mean, I'm short German equities right now. Um, I I'm still my passive stuff. Um, I'm still like seventy five percent. Uh, long U.S. equities because I'm not, I'm not looking over the next year at it, you know, I, I, for that for that portfolio, I look at it from a much longer term perspective. So I reduced 25% just to be able to free up some cash to buy some bonds, basically, um, which are bound at the moment. So probably not the best fucking thing to do, but whatever. Again, long term, I don't really care. Um, but right now for your everyday person you know i I do see equity markets going lower because the fed is uh that's the federal reserve once again is so hawkish and what that means is that they're really really committed to fighting inflation um and that is not good for risk assets so right now i um I'm not of the opinion that it's kind of an optimum time to invest. If you are looking at a really long time horizon, so say you're looking at maybe a SIP or you know um, a type of pension that you might have, um, you can unlock a retirement, then it's always a good time to invest. But for people maybe looking at a shorter term time horizon, you know probably not. It's probably um, uh, uh, it's probably better prudence to you know be a bit more patient wait for central banks to get their rate hikes out of the way um wait till they indicate that they want to cut now this is probably isn't the best you know <clears throat> it might be difficult for the everyday person to discern of course when uh the optimum time is when central banks want to cut again then you tend to see equity markets bottom um and yeah price start to, to rally again purely because of that it's kind of think of it as opportunity cost Right. When it comes to interest rates, if interest rates are going going up, then the opportunity cost of holding equities is greater. Whereas if they're going down, the opportunity cost of holding equities is less.
0: Okay. Okay. That's a great answer. Another thing I wanted to talk to you about is: Do you think um another like debate I was having in one of my group chats? Do you think like what's happening recently is that? Is looking at it in a more like macro <laughs> uh, perspective is there a thing where and this is one of my beliefs is that obviously ever since the financial crisis interest rates have been record at record lows making okay. obviously it be dirt cheap to like actually collate and accumulate assets right and obviously, asset prices have been, a lot of asset, in my opinion, a lot of asset prices have been inflated over the years, right? And we've seen like this unprecedented um, bull market where it just seems like if you're if a stock market, you're eating all the, all the fucking time. But like, actually, I forgot, it's my podcast, I actually can swear here. Sorry, I thought we were doing the Spotify one for a second. Yeah, like, it's like, man, I've just been eating for time with the S&P 500, and I was like, footsie, whatever. Like, prices have kept on rising. House prices, equities, everybody's been eating good over the years simply because of, central bank policy so is this maybe the markets almost correcting because like if we look at so much in my opinion a lot of the tech stocks are super overvalued right like some of these companies haven't really proven much and with the tech unicorns and they've got such crazy valuation like what 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 is your perspective on that so
1: at the end of the day um you have to think of where fair value is relative to interest rates. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, are equities overvalued when interest rates are rock bottom? I don't think so. Mm. What we see um, and what we have seen in the growth stocks um, over the last year or so is that as the expectations for interest rates to rise has increased, we've started to see those growth stocks fall. Um, and I, th- I think that's, that's all it is, really, um, is that, you know, it, it, it's just relative to interest rates constantly, because if you think about it, all interest rates are doing in terms of equities and you know, asset prices is when they're reducing, it's adding liquidity, and when they're being increased, it's, uh, it's reducing liquidity
0: okay now I thought you that no, you you are right in that regards I don't know I want to talk to you about because I obviously I, I follow you on Twitter and I and I've seen you like when you speak on crypto super interested so I just spoke my most recent podcast by the time people listen to this this will be Thursday onwards and my most recent podcast I dropped Monday morning was regarding Terra Luna so have you been following what happened with Terra Luna
1: yeah, it's an absolute shit show. Oh my um, god,
0: it's an absolute madness, right? So, like, obviously, when I'm when I'm doing information podcasts, I try my best not to give my opinion because I just want to provide you with the information. Here's 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 what Tara is. Here is like the philosophy behind it. Here is how it was operating. What happened? Okay, cool, this what happened, and here's what happened next, right? But obviously it would be good to speak to you about, because obviously I'm actually talking to somebody else. all right. Like my, phlo- like my theory is with like some crypto, with some crypto, not obviously all crypto coins, but I believe with some crypto coins, People need to understand that there, there, there can be a tendency for them to be almost like a Ponzi scheme, and the uh-huh. reason why there's valuation is simply because more and more people are coming into, are buying into said coin, whatever. Let's say it's dysonomics um, Coin, and I'm just getting loads of people. But really, like the actual value of like the actual asset itself isn't really that valuable. It's just that people are boosting it monetarily, and once people stop purchasing, jump into the Ponzi scheme like with every Ponzi scheme Ponzi scheme it works when you keep getting more people involved when you start to stop getting people involved the scheme kind of collapses and I think we saw that really with Terra Luna but what's your thoughts on that
1: well yeah there's that but with Terra Luna there's a specific issue with them which is that they uh, the UST side so um, the the kind of the, the stable coin side was an algorithmic stablecoin. So, um, it's not backed by anything. It was backed.
0: They said they said and they had they, reserves of Bitcoin, $3.5 billion, but it doesn't seem like it's backed by Bitcoin, for example. Yeah, but that's, yeah. that's
1: bollocks, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The the, the yeah, Bi- the Binance
0: CEO called them out on that. But yeah, go on.
1: The mechanism was that it would burn the Luna tokens to keep the peg. Mm. Um, that's, that's bullshit because what's Luna value to? Luna's value to USD. C. So, you know, the value of, of Luna is, is valued in, in USD as well. So, or, or Bitcoin, which is also valued in USD. So there's no way in which they could actually keep a specific peg there um, because it's all just fugazi. So, yeah, it comes down to it being a pure Ponzi scheme and it's total bullshit, basically. So, um,
0: as founder of Macrodisiac, now, what's your overall thoughts on crypto? Because I don't think I've ever actually really spoken to you, but I just see your tweets about it, so I kind of got a gist. But for my listeners, like, and obviously for people who are who are who are actually interested in investing in crypto as well as equities, like, what is your perspective when it comes to crypto and the markets today? For me,
1: it's just another trade. Is you know, I said it yesterday that um, it's a proxy for and um, probably a cheaper way to play uh, STERS which is short uh, short-term interest rates. Um, you know, the, the most common one of this is, uh, is euro-dollar futures. Um, but the margin requirements for that, so the amount that you have to put down to be able to trade one contract, is a lot greater there than it is to, say, buy Bitcoin or buy some shitcoin. Mm. Um, the other way to think of it is that you're short volatility. So, if you're, uh, if you, if you're short volatility, again, you're, pro- you're making a bet, kind of, that interest rates are going to go down. So, it's all related. Everything's related to interest rates. That's why it's so powerful. You know, that's why, it's, it's, that's why I want people to know about what central banks do more and more, you know, because interest rates are the key to pretty much everything, you know, asset prices, whatever. Like, there's, there's two different components to interest rates. There's the psychological element, um, what might other people do when, you know, this rate goes up. But then there's also the the actual objective element, You know, such as what happens to debt costs, you know, on top of that, what happens to household margins, uh, business margins, you know, cost of debt, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So, yeah, I I think it's an absolute vital thing to know about.
0: Yeah, 100. I feel like, um, so like, I feel like crypto is is a good, my personal opinion of crypto, I feel like, I think, I think it's pretty cool what people are trying to do, one, like, I think that's just always cool. I think... I think if you're going to invest in a coin, especially long-term, I think you really want to be doing your due diligence. You really want to be looking at your, what do you call it? White papers, whatever. But if you just really want to make a relatively quick, but short-term money, people have been making short-term money. What I've realized um, from, this is just my advantage, but from my people who've been involved in crypto is that like when they get profits, they take profits out, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you're kind of really kind of trading. You're, rather than like, I believe in Pepsi, so I'm going to invest in, not Pepsi, Coke owned Pepsi, I think, whoever. I believe in Apple, for example, as a company, so I'm going to hold some Apple stocks. I'm going to hold some for 10, 15 years because I believe over 10, 15 years, they're going to keep growing, blah, blah, blah. I feel like mm-hmm. um, from what I've seen from people crypto day, like especially as you described it, some of the shit coins, that they're using this as an opportunity, as a proxy to actually make some short-term, money especially when interest rates like this and i think like it's a good idea but like i saw i'm not sure what you saw i saw so many people not so many people but i saw lots of like tweets of so many people who had tens of thousands hundreds of thousands some people even millions that were literally eviscerated in Luna, which is crazy to me
1: no i know um you know, I, I have my sympathy with them, absolutely. But if you couldn't see from the outset that it was completely broken, then I'm I'm not sure um, what you're doing. I understand that low interest rates provide like a nice veil for shit to, you know, kind of rise and, and become popular. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you still got to do due diligence on everything that you, you invest in. You know, it's the only way to really succeed. So, yeah, I've got my
0: sympathy, but at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, it's just another trade from my perspective. Okay, okay, okay. So, um okay, so of, I had a bunch of questions I had to ask you. Okay, okay, cool. This one I wanted to ask, speak to you about. So, obviously, we've seen war in Ukraine has been going off ages to the point where it's not as prevalent in the news cycle. I think I'm probably going to do a, a catch-up pod on the war in Ukraine. Obviously, people have different perspectives. My perspective is that... This is putin being like boy do you know what Fuck the west and also like a bit of like our oh, protectionism a bit of like do you know what i kind of want to bring back the, the, the glory days of the soviet union kind of like how we want to bring back the glory days of man united but <laughs> with different means do you know what i mean but um yeah. how do you think this prolonged war in ukraine is going to impact the markets and i think i saw a story earlier um today that um like obviously the european stock markets being mixed um. As NATO prepares to admit Sweden and Finland, and I saw, and I know, I saw some things about um, Russia saying basically some thinly veiled threats about Finland and Sweden joining NATO or whatever. But what's your thoughts on the impact of the war in Ukraine on markets and also the most recent news of Sweden and Finland like, getting close to joining NATO?
1: Well, I think the biggest issues with war is that it creates dislocation and uncertainty, right? Facts. So. Good, good example of this is uh, India's banned wheat exports because of the uncertainty. So, Ukraine and Russia are uh, two of the world's biggest grains exporters, right? Um, so, India has now banned its domestic exports because supply chains in wheat are pretty messed up. Um, you know, wheat price at the moment. If I just get it up here, look, wheat futures. Uh, They are at uh, $1,247.40 a bushel, which is the second highest price ever. So, um, and the the first highest price, by the way, was uh, on the 8th of March of this year. So, you know, bread price is extremely, extremely high. Bread's probably the most commonly eaten food globally. Um, and if you, if you remember the Arab Spring, that was all about uh, bread prices specifically. Um, so, you know, things like war breed dislocation in commodity markets, which then breed, you know, issues in, in places that we already experience some fragility, such as, you know, the Middle East, North Africa, perhaps, um, you know, Asia, even in, even in, the, even in Europe as well. You know that can that can happen. So, um, yeah, that's that's probably one of the biggest ways. But also, you know, just simple fact that it breeds uncertainty um, geopolitically in places like the U.S. Um, you know, there's even murmurs now about China and Taiwan. You know, so yeah, there's 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 just issues when there's war happening.
0: Of course, of course. Well, boy, I don't think I'm, i think I'm, I think I'm out of questions, David. You've been a pleasure, and the, I think the theme for this pod is that interest rates that's just a theme like the impact everything the impact crypto the impacts investment the impact of like everything like inflation unemployment like everything is just so tight and I, what and that's what i find so insane i don't think people understand this because obviously we have elections every year there's some calls of apparently boris might do early election who knows who who fucking cares at this point um but the people who are actually unelected have so much power in this world. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you know We actually need to do a central bank pod. We're gonna, we're gonna have to do that. We have to. Yeah, It's absolutely. insane. They're unelected, no, like <laughs> the ECB, the Bank of Japan, the Fed, the Bank of England, have so much power over what happens in the economy, which in fact impacts what happens in the world, it is absolutely bonkers and these people are not elected.
1: Yeah, but then again, you know, it's kind of a vicious cycle because how do you get an electorate who doesn't understand? Yeah, of course, like does so elect- yeah. central bankers. You know, it's it's a bit it's a bit different to politicians when there's politics is very narrative focused. Yeah, when it's central bank focused, and, you know there's there's a lot of different uh, economic specific things to consider. It's, it is a little bit different, but at yeah. the end of the day, all I want to do is get people's knowledge up of, of central banking, why it's important. The
0: Same as you, you know. Yeah, facts. And, and that's what I've been trying to do. But yeah, it's just it's just interesting that that's just how the cookie crumbles. But yeah, David, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, people, any questions for us, just like hit me up and I'll divert it to David and I'm sure I'll have him on soon. But yeah. Sports Social Podcast
1: Network.